Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And we are high. What? <laughs> you did not start the podcast like that. Uh, for for just a little uh, clarification, we're not even in the same room. I don't know what Paul uh, what what Peter's talking about. Man. Paul, Paul, who? Well, what? What? This is Paul's retort to, uh, yeah, didn't Peter say that Paul sometimes said things that were difficult to understand? Or was so, it, no, wait, that so, was, wait, yeah, then no, that was Peter saying that about Paul. Who's calling who? Huh? Did you hear that phone ring? No. Yeah. Are you high? Hello? Are you really answering? The oh, phone? hey, dude. I'm sorry, man. I don't know why my phone just called you. <laughs> this is a do-over. <laughs> is this what we've come to? Dude. Making phone calls in the middle of the podcast? <laughs> I mentioned. Hey, dude. I'm sorry, man. I think Siri accidentally called you. Okay. No way. I apologize, man. I'm sitting here doing a podcast on marijuana and Siri calls you. I don't know what that means, man. I really what don't. I know is who did Siri call? It certainly doesn't mean that I have any particular involvement or non-involvement in the cannabis. Is that white Tyrone? Dude, I apologize for that, man. No. Oh, you know what it was? We were talking about Paul, and it called Paul. Oh, no way. We were talking about Paul's rebuke to Peter, and uh, anyway, so Siri thought I wanted to call you. I apologize for that, man. I do. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Uh, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast, uh, where we talk about church planning. And our, today's topic is on the legalization oh, of marijuana gosh. and your church plant. That is going to be a big issue in future. But before we get to that, um, Pete, do you remember the time that we actually got somebody writing or calling in and they said, I was listening to your podcast and Siri called somebody when you guys mentioned something. Remember that? I think so, yeah. And we we actually, therefore, of course, being us, we thought that was hilarious. In our next podcast, we told Siri to do something for all of our <laughs> listeners. Do you remember that? I do. I do. <laughs> I think it was like uh, Siri. Um, oh, what was it? It was something funny like. You know, make a donation to, I don't remember what it was. You know what it was? I had my phone plugged in. And when you, you have your phone like plugged in, then Siri will like respond. Are you serious? So if I, you mean like into the power source? Yeah. Then you don't have to press any buttons. You just call out her name and 
So I'm gonna try this right now. It's plugged in. <laughs> Siri. Siri. Okay, my phone's not doing it. <laughs> well, you have an Android. That's the problem. No, no, no. I got an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I gotta have an iPhone. Do you use Siri? Oh, oh my Siri was broken. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well. Since this, we better get into smack talk, dude, because we're uh, we're really needing to get into this topic. This is a big one today. Since since we've already started to ruin our smack talk, we've got a couple of reviews I think here. That was smack talk? <laughs> yeah, I know. We got a couple of reviews here. I got to read. Did you read these ones when I sent them over to you? They were great. Okay, so this one's headline, and I believe this one was from uh, Hardcore. Though I'm not 100 percent here. It says uh, "Words of Wisdom Born Out of Experience." That was the title. From, and then I don't even know. It's got to be like Ephesians dude, but it's E-U-P-H dude, all is one word. So your guess is as good as mine. So here's the review. It was great to hear. He's euphoric. Yeah, I know, right? He's euphoric. That's what it is. It's great to hear how different church planners have tackled the task to get encouragement from their success and get encouragement from their success. This and their other podcasts that some people don't appreciate. (laughs) That's why I think this one was hardcore. (laughs) Would easily be two of the first resources that I would suggest to anyone in church planning. I still wonder, though, if Pete were to get into a physical fist fight with Daniel M., who would win? Oh, my gosh. With Daniel M.? It's not even a question, though. And I'll tell you. It's not a question. I'll tell you why it's not a question. That's why I was like, maybe this is Daniel who's writing this in. I don't know. (laughs) I did think that for a second. But it's the reason why it's not even a question is... um, Daniel, uh, God bless him, he's book smart. And let's face it, book smarts left me a long time ago. <laughs> I, had to, I had to compensate with other things. I had to learn to fight from a young age. <laughs> and let me tell you, I can tell you pretty securely here, Daniel, no chance in a physical fist fight. Now, you want to put us on Jeopardy together, <laughs> I'm going to be the guy <laughs> sitting there going, yeah, he got that one right all episode long. But, uh, you know. What is poker? You got that one right, Mitchell. What is hops for a thousand? <laughs> There's only certain questions here that I could possibly do uh, any justice on. And so here, here's the the uh, the other podcast review. Same guy. And I think he was going for the two free gifts. Uh, so it starts out with the headline, I love it, and the train too. <laughs> so you know hey, he's man. listening. Mr. Rogers had the trolley. I got the train. And Mr. Rogers, I should say, is in my next book, Reaching the Unreached. Cha-ching. See how I did that? <laughs> I've listened to this podcast for quite a while now. I must be the one other listener that they keep referring to. I didn't appreciate the smack talk when I first started listening, but now I feel like I get to catch up with some old friends by getting to listen in on bits of Pete and Peyton's life. I've learned so much and began to think so uh, and again, begun to think about so many things differently because of their conversations. But I still have one question. What's in the box? Oh, yeah, baby. That's, we can't tell you what's in the box. That's you gotta how you, go look. That's how you know you got a real fan. When he's really quoting us right back in the review. I love it. Totally, man. Totally. And I oh, should what's say. what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love and, it. So uh, there, there was there was something that brought it full circle back to uh, to Daniel M because on their podcast they have kind of like a smack talk light, which uh, I, you know I I I think they might have you know taken a little cue from the old uh, you know church planner podcast. Well, I'm just saying if they got smack talk light, let's face it, they got all the serious church planners. <laughs> And we got the they ones who've been seriously in the trenches for a while and need the smack talk. Those are our listeners. They yeah, need no, the smack uh, talk. Yeah, our guys, our guys are, we got like the, the man, I don't know how to put it. Like we've probably got like the splinter cell guys, you know what I mean? Like the commandos, the, you know, those are the guys that, like you said, they're in the trench, man. They're, they're a long way from home doing stuff. I used to have more friends before I got into church planting. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> I love it. And of course, here's here's one of my favorite quotes. 
Pete Mitchell loves you and has a plan for your bank account. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, so anyway, uh, just as a, a reminder, if you leave us a review, uh, like our, our, uh, euphoric dude, we're just going to give him that name. Euphoric dude. All you got to do yeah. is open up church planner magazine on your iPhone or Android Go down to the bottom right-hand corner. There's a little gear there. Tap that, and it's going to open up a little thing. And in the middle, it'll say, uh, contact us here. You tap that and send us an email. That'll give us what's called your device token, and we will give you all kinds of free swag. And uh, so we're going to give you, Euphoric Dude, the uh, jump school for free, the uh, videos and the study guide inside the app, and we're going to give you one of the other uh, paid, uh, I don't even know what we call them, paid reports that we've got in the app. So we'll give you one of each of those because you gave us two reviews and we appreciate that. So keep Heck in mind, yeah. as many reviews as you guys want to give, we'll give you free stuff for it. As long as they're good reviews like this. These were good reviews. So And Pete's into giving stuff away, which leads me to uh, just mention it is the holiday season. And being that it's the holiday season, into your giving is kind of a big deal. So uh, you ought to have something online for people to give to at the 11th hour. And Pete happens to be the secret tither. He does make a lot of money. And uh, I'm going to say it. You can't say that, right? Like, you'd be an instant jerk at a cocktail party. Hey, I'm Pete. I make a lot of money. Really? That's funny. That. I actually brought that you, up at Thanksgiving dinner. So is that, is that bad form? Did you look around and say, I make more money than all of you in here combined? <laughs> no, but I was thinking it. <laughs> But, but the reality is Pete is the secret tither. He does go around by night looking for an unsuspecting church planner website, and he will just maybe give, but only if you have MoGive.com. Pete, tell us a little bit about MoGive. Say my name. <laughs> well, MoGive.com is an online and text-based giving platform built specifically for the needs of new, growing, and shrinking churches. Head on over to mogive.com forward slash church and tell them Pete and Peyton sent you. That was the most straightforward ad we've ever done for them. Yeah, they may not actually like that. They may and not renew. Like, Dude, like, what were you doing? Normally, you stretch them out five minutes. Like, you, you kind of lose the plot, go off the reservation, <laughs> then you come back. We, we get all that time. You ripped us <laughs> off. What's up? You know, that's probably what they're thinking, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't think they ever listen. You don't think Kent listens? I think if he did, they might just pull their ads. <laughs> <laughs> well, he I can't argue with us. you on that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, Pete, you know, I, I was going to tell you this week, the uh, the wife was like, hey. Oh, and by the way, if you guys are new to this, thanks for for kind of staying, staying on here. This is smack talk. This is a part that the reviewer said. At first, I didn't like that. We just chat. We're friends. And we chat for a few what? minutes. And we'll get into the church planting part. Just bear with us, right? We assume this about you as a church planner. You're normal, right? Like you, you, you don't have people kissing your butt all day. You're not like you know at the top of a pyramid in a mega church. You're you're not used to people treating you like God. We figure you're still a normal person, and you still like normal people stuff. So that's why we do this. But here's the deal: um, the wife was was kind of coming around, going, "Hey, Peyton, what uh, wh- wh- what are your stocking gifts?" Because I gave her like, you know, my original gift idea, and she laughed. And then, uh, then I gave her my. Uh, Are you my talking about for gift. you? Yeah, yeah. She's like, "What do you want me to? You know, just give me some ideas." Because we still do the whole "I surprise you" thing, except this year she and and, and as a matter of fact, every year she kind of gives me gift ideas that are so big. They're just kind of like, gosh, if I don't get this for her, you know, it's kind of a disappointment at Christmas, you know? You know? So if, if you were to ask Jamie, she would tell you she hates shopping for me because of my motto. <laughs> I, I, not me. My motto is. I know where stuff lives that you you can't find. Anything. The stuff I find for you for your birthday or Christmas, you don't go to those places. No, like, you, no, don't, here, you don't live Here's in my motto, worlds. though. My motto is. If I want something, I buy it. I'm an adult. <laughs> so at Christmas, there's like never anything for her to buy me. See, what Jamie needs to do is just go ahead and talk to Peyton because I got things that I'm like, oh, I can't wait till you get this. Like, like for example, right? When it last Christmas, I got you the uh, the Knight Rider 
um, USB oh, charger. Oh, yeah, car. yeah. So, so I mean, you know, Peyton knows. I, I know how to get you stuff. But you're not going to find that stuff. I, I, you know, I'm a geek. I'll find that stuff for you. <laughs> Let's face it. It was a Facebook ad. That's how you found it. All I can say is when the big reveal comes in a month's time and we find out what Peyton got Pete this year, because you're going to talk about it on the podcast. Trust me. I was, already ordered it. I was going to get you some craft beer, but... Uh, <laughs> But then I thought, I don't want him to get fired. No, actually, I, that thought never crossed my mind. I didn't care if you got fired or not. <laughs> but then I was like, like if it comes to the house, I'm just going to drink it. I, that was my that was my end game. I was like, well, he can't have it. I might as well drink oh, it no, myself. No, no, I meant you. Like you're you're going to order it and go. Oh, it'll never get to him. I'll drink it before I give it to Peyton on Christmas. So uh, so anyway, um, we were talking earlier before the show started about underwear of all things. Well, that's what I was going to say. So I told her, I go, you know, this is going to sound weird, but Pete keeps talking about this underwear on the podcast and he makes it sound so snugly. I want some. And, and so I start describing it to her and she's sitting down and she's totally tuning me out. Like I'm going – Oh yeah, you know, it's got like, you know, tie fighters and like explosions and she just like starts shaking her head and goes, "Just email me. Just email me the links. That's all." You <laughs> don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> oh, you know, it's funny because um since then, since that episode where we talked about the old uh, Star Wars underwear, I've bought maybe four or five pair. And uh what I have discovered is that there's only two of them I actually like to wear because well, they fit right. Send me that so I can tell my wife. A couple, like of them, a, a couple of them, they're a little bit um, uh, bikini briefish for me. <laughs> that was a bad mental picture. Pete. <laughs> I know, right? The but the topic. funny part is, is I still wear them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. That's too much information now. But the one that Jamie hates the most that I find to be second most comfortable is the one that's got Chewbacca all over it. She's like, that's kind of creepy because <laughs> it's got these Chewbacca heads all over it. I'm like, yeah, well, that's awesome, you know, dude. Suck it Didn't up. I, send, I sent you the link for that one. See, I think so. It. And I bought it. I was like, "Ooh, that looks like a good nice. pair. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. I bought a lot of them. I, I have a lot of Star Wars underwear now. Getting ready here for uh, Rogue One coming up here in in uh, really days at this point. It. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Luke went to a birthday party yesterday. Another bunch of five year olds, and uh, everyone got a Jedi outfit. What? Yeah, you know, like the uh, what do you call it? The robe thing that they wear. The you know, yeah. Yeah, the robes. So he came home with one. He's like, this is what I'm going to wear when we go to Rogue One. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. Dude, I can't, I can't wait for that film. It looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited myself, but, uh, we'll have a whole episode about it after it comes out. Of course we will. Of course we will. We, we did last year. episode. So uh, guys, when Star Wars comes out, our pets heads are falling off. (laughs) (laughs) So when, uh, Rogue One comes out, when any Star Wars movie comes out, which has only been one since we started this podcast, let's be honest, we'll pretty much dedicate a whole episode to that. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Who you calling scruffy-looking? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pete, let's do it. You ready? I love you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> you complete me. All right, hey, let's go ahead and get into the topic, Doc Brown. Okay, but I will say this: um, just just food for thought. Gilmore Girls did just come out on Netflix, so we might need to watch an episode or two between now and the next time we record. I have a confession to make. Did you already watch them? Yeah, all of well, them. I, I watched like two of them. Thing is, I can't I can't stay awake. They're like two hours long, man. By the time I get the kids down. I'm I'm pretty toast. So the wife and I will wake up like, you know, oh, it just happened, you know, and we'd be like, oh, we missed it again. So we're watching it very slowly in about 30, 40 minute segments that we stay awake during. We're, we're like I, I heard you. I heard it's not good for binging on these. They're they're like mini movies. Yeah, it's. And to be honest, I, I, I don't want to say anything. You watch it, but we'll talk next episode. We'll talk. All right. All right. Doc, take it away. 
Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Mr. Jones, what is this week's topic? Well, let me say before we get into that topic, which is going to be marijuana and the legalization and what you should do in your church plan. Um, that, that's a, for those of us that are new, we, uh, did one day confess that we had watched the Gilmore girls and, uh, <laughs> so we just lost around. respect from all of our new listeners who didn't have any for us anyways. So I, I, I didn't admit out. to it. I just said, I wanted to know what happened to Luke. That's all. I just wanted to know what happened to Luke. <laughs> the real question is what happened to Suki? I didn't know something happened to Suki. You'll just have to watch him find what? out. So, so, guys, the uh, the the California voted on the whole marijuana thing. Well, so did uh, I think four other states. Yeah, but we only talk about California. <laughs> but We're I'm just like saying, a microcosm of America. It's like we only know what happens in our backyard. Like American news only knows what happens in America. In fact, nothing else happened in the world at all during the past year. All I could think of. Was your comment last week that, no, Britain's got a way better form of government than we got. And I'm like, no, still not coming around to it. Still like our republic better than theirs. No parliament for us. Yeah, yeah, but parliament's pretty much like a congress. And uh, you got the Senate and the House of Reps. But we just we just kind of copied yeah, it. Yeah, but we have guns. Well, the, the only thing that's not cool about their deal, though, is you got the, instead of the Senate, you got the House of Lords. And really, that's pretty much just like rich privilege. And that part sucks. If you don't know what we're talking about, listen to last week. Such and such, and that's pretty dumb. Listen to last week's episode if you have no idea what we're talking about. Hey, but getting back into this. So they've legalized marijuana in in multiple states. What do you do when you're a church planner and your state just legalized marijuana? Because prior to that, as a pastor, you know, the wife comes to you and says, my husband smokes pot all the time. He's a loser. And I don't, you know, I'm worried about the kids. And back then you go talk to him and say, hey, man, it's against the law. Like, you can't do that. And then he says, well, you know, I got a medical. And, and there was, you know, there were loopholes before. In and some states. See, in some states, yeah. In some states. But what do you do? See, what, what's happened now is whereas before there was a criminal element in some states, that's been removed. And so now it has to be approached. I mean, first off, let's just say, let's just lay our cards on the table. I'll tell you what I personally feel about marijuana. Not a big fan. Um, I was a uh, psych nurse for, uh, you know, um, I did some drug and rehab work and have been involved with recovery on and off throughout ministry. And um, myself, I am not personally an addict, but I have been surrounded by addicts my entire life. Um, I've lost one of my best friends to addiction. Um, it, it just is not a great friend of mine. I've, I've, my dad died early due to addiction. Um, you know, I've, I've like, you name it. I've had family members spend long stints, uh, in, in prison. I've had, um, I've just had a lot of bad experiences. So for me, marijuana, regardless of what the law says is going to always be a problem for me. And so I, I realized that at this point, you know, it's kind of like alcohol where once the criminality of it, is removed, you have to use a different criteria for your judgment. And that kind of poses the problem that we want to get to today because church planner, you are going to have to deal with this. And what's amazing to me is how we talk about that. You know, we don't talk about this in church. Like this has happened. And I would, I would be surprised if in the next five years, most of the churches in California or the other states that have passed it even mention it once during a sermon because that's typically the disconnect that happens between real life and what happens on a Sunday morning. What do you mean they are or they aren't going to mention it? Are not going to mention it, are not going to deal with it, are not going to talk about it, and are not going to discuss it. So let me ask you this. And the reason why we're, we're bringing this up, Church Planner, is because of that. Uh, obviously, there's uh, there's things that you're going to have to deal with. But we also know yep. that Peyton and I probably have 
differing views on this issue because we've talked about it briefly in the past. And um, so one of the questions I've got for you, uh, Peyton, is do you um, do you have a problem with any usage of marijuana? Like using the, you know, the no, obviously the the medical marijuana as the no, argument. no. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because as a nurse, um, it is it can be used as a medication um, when it comes to legitimate pain medicine, um, particularly for cancer patients. It has been shown for people with terminal cancer to really, really help. And so, no, I do not have an issue. However, like with prescription meds, what I, what I think has kind of been swept under the carpet is the abuse that's happened with, um, with the, um, the loopholes that are there. So, for example, um, we, you know, we know all of the, you know, the, the class A drugs, you know, like the, uh, narcotics and, you know, cocaine and heroin and all that kind of stuff. Um, those kinds of drugs are, um, you know, we've got our Ill- illegal drugs, right? But then we've got drugs that are okay, like morphine or, you know, that, that you would say are associated with pain. But of course that, that gets abused. But then lower down on the counter is still not over the counter, but lower down is the use of drugs um, like prescription meds and those get it. We're talking like your albuterols and, um, um, you know, some of your, uh, your, your other medications that get highly abused and they're over the counter prescription. Of course we have rock stars and pop stars, Michael Jackson, you know, every time a, a prominent, uh, you know, star dies, there's usually prescription drugs involved. And, uh, you know, so, so you start looking at that medical marijuana is also been ripe with abuse. So people who do not legit, legitimately, um, need it, um, still will find a loophole to use it legally. Right. No, I would completely agree with you on that. In fact, um, because I, I come from the whole thing from the stance, and we've talked about this between ourselves. I, I don't personally have a problem with the legalization of marijuana. Um, having said that, I think it's important for everyone to know, you know, my background is not like Peyton's. Um, I haven't had as many friends as he's had uh, suffer from addiction. Um, I've had plenty of friends who've done pot. I myself have never... Uh, been high. I've never done marijuana in my life. Um, so I do come at it from a standpoint of realizing I don't have, uh, you know, all of the knowledge on it, its, it's effects, what it's like. Um, but, you know, I can honestly say I've had so many friends that have been potheads that uh, there's, there's clearly a difference to me between uh, marijuana usage and addictive drugs. And I'm not talking about psychologically addictive, which is really what marijuana is more than anything else. It's not nearly as physically addictive, um, though there are starting to be studies, you know, showing basically the remapping of neurons is creating uh, an addiction of sorts with marijuana. Um, but I agree completely with you in what you just said. I mean, one of the problems with medical marijuana that I, that I have with it is real uh, real medicine. They, they know exactly the makeup of the medicine, right? And then it's figuring out what is the right amount to give this person who has their own body chemistry with medical marijuana. It's, you know, did they get the good stuff? Did they not get the good stuff? Is it the really strong stuff? Is it the really mild stuff? And so it, it is, it has been completely an excuse, not completely, but the majority of it, I would say, has just been an excuse so people can get high, and um, and and not for the actual medical side of things. So I would I would completely agree with you. But and I've said this before. I mean, if I was ever injured and they were like, "Hey, look, we got to put you on, um, you know, some uh, really addictive, you know, like coding or not coding. What's the big yeah. one you always hear about? The um, oh gosh, man, what's the big main pet, uh, main uh, pill uh painkiller that people are on all the time they get addicted to it do you know what i'm talking about mm, uh vicodin 
Not Vicodin. Oxycontin? Yes, there you go. Oxycontin. I mean, I've known a lot of people who have gotten addicted to that. I'm like, dude, if I had to be on pain medicine, I would literally be the first guy sitting there going, look, you're not putting me on that crap. Yeah. I mean, if I need pain medicine, then I'm going to try marijuana first because I do not want to be addicted. I, I just I don't want to be addicted to to a substance. It's just one of those, you know, personal things, the way my mind works. I, I don't want that. Well, that and that's it. That's where for me now. Um, oh, and by the way, guys, I, I, I apologize earlier. I mentioned um, albuterol. <laughs> if, you're, if you're asthmatic out there and you're like, oh, am I abusing albuterol? I was albuterol. thinking albuterol. Sorry, I was like, man, I've taken albuterol. Yeah, no, sorry, guys. I, I just administered to that to my child today. She has uh, chronic lung disease and it was just for some reason it came out of my mouth and I didn't realize till Pete started talking. I was thinking Adderall, which uh, is often, I mean, there's just, there are so many drugs that people abuse. That's an amphetamine. It's, it's used for epilepsy and ADHD, but, um, but again, it's just something I don't want to give you guys ideas out there. Shoot, man, your church planners are like, Oh yeah, that sounds good. And here's the problem. <laughs> church planning is hard. Life is hard. And once you start reaching for something to kind of take the edge off, like, for example, um, you know, let's say like I used to drink and I don't drink anymore because I'm on contract with Nam. But here's the deal. Um, I, I enjoy beer and I, I didn't have a problem with beer. But to be honest, my wife was like, hey, I'm kind of glad that you did that. And for me, because there's such a huge history of alcoholism in my family, I was the only male, and I mean literally the only male in my family, not to get struck down by alcohol. I started drinking, you know, really when I was a missionary overseas, but every everything is a gateway drug. And it, once you start doing drugs, e- even coffee, I mean, there's there's kind of a, you know, you go to to coffee to wake you up and, and mentally that, and I'm not saying coffee's bad. I drink lots of coffee. <laughs> yes, but <you> do. <laughs> there, there are times though, right? I get off of it because, um, every few years I'll go, you know, this is not healthy. I'm, I'm now approaching that point again where I'm like, okay, I am too dependent on this now to the point where various times a day I'll get headaches. Um, and, and I'll feel I need more coffee. And, and what happens is once, you know, for example, with the criminality of marijuana, what happens is you start taking marijuana and there's this idea that this is an unconventional way to take the edge off or to deal with, um, emotional pain or whatever. And what happens is, for example, in an addict, um, if, if a guy started using when he was, you know, 15, 16, what you'll find with an addict is years later when he gets cleaned, he'll have like an arrested development. When he gets off that substance, his coping skills will be the coping skill of a 15 or 16-year-old hmm. because what he has used to cope rather than than emotional maturity that should have developed and, and helps us cope with things as we develop psychologically, what's happened is that all went on hold and the drug replaced that. So so often when you find addicts who are um coming clean they're still like teenagers when they clean up they they still they haven't learned to cope with things and they have to go all the way back and do the hard work of overcoming all that hardship much later in life and of course by then it's much harder um because their pressures are much bigger and so um you know but anyways pot once you start going towards the criminality of it you have used this gateway drug, which then when you've crossed that line, makes it easier for you to grab something a little bit heavier. And that's what's known as a gateway drug. They, they, statistics and studies on marijuana will tell you that most people that ended up in a harder drug start off with marijuana. And normally before that, they started with alcohol. And yeah, but the statistics don't slope argument. The, 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 the statistics, however, don't bear out. That if you did marijuana, yes, you're more likely to do the others. Well, you you don't usually skip. You are more likely, but it's not. Here's what the statistics don't show. They don't show that if you do marijuana, you're gonna. And that's what I mean by it's not a slippery slope. Logical fallacy. 
if you do this, this right. way, you'll end up down there. Yeah. But what happens is <clears throat> once you say, and I've, I've watched this happen with people around me, um, as recent as, as this last year, year and a half, someone who I watch and observe on a regular basis who is, is not a Christian, um, I'm watching them just go from being one person to completely a different, and it's all pot. The mm. whole thing is pot. Um, horrible stuff has happened. <laughs> this person's just basically toked their life away and they don't see it. They don't see that it's just destroying them. And I've talked to this person because this person's very open to the Lord and, and very much, um, is interested in spiritual things and having conversations. And about a year, year and a half ago, the person was saying, Hey, you know, what about, what about pot? God made it, you know, come on, it has to be. And, and, and I said, well, the thing is though, is yes, God made lots of stuff, but the question is, what's it going to do to you? That's always a question you ought to ask. What, what is it going to do to my quality of life? And so that's where Paul comes back in Corinthians. He says, look, all things are permissible to me, but not all things are beneficial. Doot, doot. Hey, that's for a euphoric reviewer. This one's going out <laughs> to you, my friend. But, but Paul says all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. And I think once the government um, says, well, this is now legal, like I said, the criteria for judging that changes. And rather than it being permissible, the question we need to ask, and I think what we always need to ask is, is it beneficial? Because yeah. let me remind you that the, the law should not be your criteria for what is righteous. Keep in mind that exterminating Jews about 60 years ago, 70 years ago in Berlin was legal. Um, it's slavery. A hundred years ago was legal. Discriminating bathrooms 50 years ago was legal. Um, we could go on and on and on. There are things we do today as a country, you know, like, like abortions, you know, late, like not, not the kinds for medical emergencies or all that. I don't want to get all political about it, but there are things we do right now that are legal. But the question is, what does the gospel say about this? What does, God say so. We we always have to kind of oh, you know legalize late term abortions. Hey, right on. And you can apply this logic to everything that whatever's legal. Hey, you know. But it does removing the criminality of this does leave us with a dilemma because people will point back to alcohol and coffee and say, "How's this any different?" Yeah, and I I I get that. In fact. Um you know, growing up uh, and, and in college where I knew most of uh, my pot smoking friends, even though, yes, we did go to Biola University. <laughs> most of my friends are smoking pot. Um, one of my really the Christian university. What? what? Um, one of my uh, really good friends. And, and I go, he was always like, hey, do you want to try it? And I'm like, no. And I go, you know, honestly, I don't have a problem with it. I go, but my big deal is is the legal issue. I go, it's not legal. And so I used to always say, I go, I go, if it were legal, I'd totally try. If I were in Amsterdam, I'd totally try it. Right. And so I literally texted him this last week. I'm like, so uh weed's legal now. And he goes, I thought of you. I thought of you. <laughs> he goes, you want to try? And I go, dude, I'm 41 years old. <laughs> I'm going to do pot now. Yeah. Like there's, there's no reason in my, I can't even like point to like being a stupid kid. It's like, why would I do it at this point? So, um, so you know, I want our listeners to know I'm not running out there to go. Oh, sweet! You know, I'm gonna go try pot now because that's not it. Yeah, and and I agree with you. Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's beneficial. Um, I just I, I there were a lot of reasons that that I was actually for the legalization of it. One, I, I think uh, I I. I I've had a real big problem with a lot of the the criminality of it and how your life is basically over if you get arrested for it and yeah. thrown in jail. And, you know, so many people have this, you know, dark mark on their record mm. 
they're not going to be able to get work. It's impossible for them to get work. It's really difficult for them to to do anything once they leave jail. Well, that's it. There, there's a huge argument to be made that um, the criminalization of drug addiction or drug use um, makes it harder to treat addiction. Um, there are those on the other side who say no, because that facilitates reaching what's called rock bottom. Right. So Russell Brand would be, which which is usually when an addict cries out for help, when they're literally right. at rock bottom, they can't go down any further. And that becomes the surrender moment where they say, I need help. I have a problem. So, so there's good arguments on both sides because what, what Russell Brand says as an ex-addict is, look, if I didn't have to hide this, but it were, you know, if the criminality were removed, I would have been able to have gotten treatment, um, much, much sooner. And, and, and so there are those that feel, no, that's just enabling and you never want to enable addiction. But uh, but there's good arguments to be made that which, by the way, when the church learns to separate moral arguments from arguments like in this case of practicality, we're not that's not a moral argument. You're not making a judgment on the morality of it when you say legalize it. It's kind of like gay marriage. This was the thing that was driving me nuts was during the gay marriage debate. um it is a civil rights issue that the government, that was the conversation the government wanted to have. I think I said this on the last podcast. Um, that was a civil rights issue. Um, it, it, they weren't having the moral, they, they weren't saying, look, let's have a conversation about whether this is morally right or wrong. What the government was asking is, is it fair to deny them? And I, I'll be honest, like the arguments made from the scripture like when Paul says you're expecting, he says we do not expect those outside to to act like believers, and and Paul says we don't impose that burden on them. Like we're not expecting Rome to act like Jerusalem, you know. We're not expecting Egypt to act like Israel. We're we're ex- you know that's just foolish, and that's what the church is doing. Is it it turned it into a moral argument when the government was voting on a civil rights issue? And of course, the church getting that wrong goes and, you know, stands on the side of bigotry and gets known as being bigots. And we do it to ourselves repeatedly. And so when Russell Brand is talking about this, he's talking as an addict. And and I'm not I'm not convinced. I'm I'm kind of I'm hearing both arguments and the jury's out for me because I don't know which one would help more. But if there were one that helped people get off addiction quicker, that's the side I'd go for. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I'm I'm totally with you on that. And I think um and, and part of the problem for me, because uh, you know, I didn't have a problem with the legalization of marijuana. Um still don't have a problem with it. Uh don't plan on trying it. Hope I never <laughs> have to be, you know, in a situation where I need it medically. Um, to me, where my argument uh, bothers me, uh, my own argument bothers me, right? Because I, I don't have a problem with it. In fact, I was talking with uh, Travis, who's a church planner in, in Florida. Total pot smoker. Yeah, no, not Just at all. Void, dude, don't even say <laughs> that. Joking. He would be like Just horrified joking. if it... Like the rumors started, right? He gets fired from his church plant. Um, he works for us. We know things. No, we don't. I'm teasing. I, I oh, was. I was just like. Uh, I go. You know. I, I got to be honest. With you. I, I don't have a problem with it. I go. And if you look at it, I mean, like you look at some of the health benefits that this thing can have. Uh, so many people with so many conditions, not just cancer, uh, epilepsy. Um, uh, you know, they benefit tremendously. Uh, by being able to to have marijuana, and yes, there are, I mean, there's abuse and everything, but you know, part of me is kind of looking at it, and I go, and, and I understand the argument where people are coming from, and they go, "Well, God made it, okay," because it's not like you do anything to the marijuana plant, like, right? It's literally ready to go, right there. You got it. Maybe you dry the leaves out, and that's about it, from what I understand, right? It's not like I'm an expert on that, but Stop this- giving them ideas. Well, and guys, there is money to be made there. No, but anyway, um, 
The, but the the problem of vocational the, church planning, <laughs> this is not an option. If you're Bivo in Colorado, here you go. Um, but the problem then that that I have with my own argument is I go, okay, well, great. Um, what about opium? And what about uh, you know cocaine? And I look at those and I don't see the same thing with those. Uh, the addictive qualities are so great physically there. Um. That, that that does start to scare me. I'm like, okay, well, that's not mm-hmm. stuff. But yet I could make the same argument. You know, it's a plant. It's natural. Uh, I mean, you know, you could take a, a, an opium plant, you know, naturally and, and get some of the same benefits. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, that's – and and I – that's that's I'm not comfortable with that, with those. And I think for me, it, it, a, a big part of that reasoning has been uh, the physical addiction that you can get from the others – so quickly um, that you don't get as quickly, though it, it can come, right? Uh, there, Like I said, there's studies showing some of the neurons being rewired in your brain or, or do cause some sort of a, of a physical addiction, but it does take more time. And that's that's kind of been, you know, the line that I've I've been on. But, you know, I realize there's well, there's a danger with that. And pot has a huge um, psychological addictive it does. factor to it. it I does. mean, massive. And, that, and that's the strength of it. Let's just think for a second about the millennials, right? The millennial generation is probably the most addicted to pot generation we've had since the 60s. Um, and, and there are reasons for that. I mean, people give the millennials a really hard time. And, you know, my wife and I have been talking about this quite a bit because you know, we're at the age where our nephews and nieces are millennials and, you know, we're, we're, we're fascinated by them. We talk to them, we watch them and, um, we're not millennials. We were the Gen Xers and we thought we were pretty cool. I, I still think I'm cool, but, but here's the deal is, you know, you watch the millennials think, think back now to, to the age they're at when they were young. And I mean, pretty young nine 11 happened. And, and, and studies that they're doing now in this generation have shown that a lot of the anxiety that they have is from watching the world turn upside down like that in, mm. in a, in a, in a moment, like all their security at that moment, it terrified the crowd. Think how freaky it was as an adult when that happened and how just kind of paradigm shifting it was to watch it happen. And the terror when you saw the second plane smashing the building and you had this little like, is this a dream or is this real? Like this can't really be happening. That whole thing, but being young and watching that thing happen. Like I remember when the Challenger blew up the space shuttle and I was in junior high and that affected me for the rest of my life. Mm. All my generation, like that was a big deal to us. You could literally ask my generation, where were you when, when you heard that the, the Challenger blew up? And people were crying. It was a big event. Like it was kind of traumatic. So, so then you got that generation five years later, all their friends, parents are losing their homes, losing their jobs. So five years later. So it's not Mm. for no reason that the millennial generation doesn't want to have careers like the generation before them did. Um, doesn't want to be homeowners, um, kind of live, you know, travel light and live loose. Um, it's not surprising because their security was just completely trashed, like the all during the developmental years of their lives. And then enter pot, right? Like pot all of a sudden became this way. They go to school and they would literally remember when we'd hear about they're having panic attacks at, at school because of tests. That was just one additional stressor. Of course, you know, all the conservatives and Fox News and all these people come in and go, it's because everybody gets a blue ribbon and it's because we tell them everybody's a winner and then they come up against real life. And then the Quaker oatmeal man shows out, you know, he comes out in a pair of Speedos and he dances around and then boom, that's the end of the conservative lunch hour. And we've all made our judgments. No, the fact is they were already dealing with so much stinking anxiety and pot was just kind of almost unfair to this generation because they've got this heightened sense of anxiety where the smallest things are freaking them out because it's their whole world's been rocked. And now you've got marijuana in there 
this generation has not learned to cope. Like I said, their their coping skills have gone on hold, and now they're they're just basically they can't cope with nine to five jobs at Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? It's just too much because there is this anxiety that's latent in many of them that's been created by well, but, how they, but let's be fair. Some of them just need to suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> Well, there is that for sure. but And I'm not making a blanket statement like every millennial walking around is a nervous wreck. Um, I have millennials within my family who are homeless and on the streets. I have millennials in my family who are doing pot, playing poker, and working as bartenders. And that's, you know, chucked in a, a college, fully paid college education for that. I have family members who uh, have been uh, put in jail. I have family members that have, um, you know, on and on to even to being brilliant and employed by some of the, the highest tech companies in the world because they're just geniuses. And so, you know, within, within my own family, I see the broad spectrum, if that makes sense. And so I'm not making a, a blanket statement. But what I am saying is, um, to, to me, the way that I look at pot, is it it can be especially when you introduce it to young people it's just not fair because it's life is hard and then with this generation it was much harder for them i i would say they had a much harder um go than than even my generation so yeah yeah i i get that part of it and uh so I would say back to the original question, which is, mm. you know, how do you, do you do? <laughs> deal with this in the church plant? Uh, I, you know, that's I think one that that I would, uh, yeah, probably defer more to your your judgment on that because I I I I have such little experience with it, right? H- having never been high, like one of the things that that. Um, you know, you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you hear us talk about beer all the time. I love beer. I think beer is uh, the nectar of the gods, if ever there was. I love was. beer even though I don't drink it. <laughs> and I love I, it from afar. I really – but I rarely get to drink. Like it's – I've had more to drink in the last probably six weeks than at any other time, and that's because I've been traveling. And my yeah. wife doesn't drink, so that pretty much means I don't drink. I, I don't have any in the fridge right now, and usually when I buy like a six-pack, it'll last – literally months in my fridge because I don't have time. And for me, uh, and, and, and I've said this before, I have been drunk. Okay. I got drunk a lot in college. Uh, but, um, that's where you learn to do dancing, man. That's right. I learned to do the running man, but I could always control. Like I, what am I, saying? I, I knew I could stop it cause I wasn't an addict. Having never been high, I don't know how that whole thing works. But to me, the thing that I wouldn't like about it is just, you know, once you're high, it's kind of like, okay, well, you got to ride that thing out. I mean, I don't know how you like drinking. You just quit drinking yeah. and you're going to come down off of it. I don't know how it works with the with marijuana I because I don't have any experience with that. But so I'm looking at these church planners going, okay, how do you deal with that? And um and, and I guess my question to you, Peyton, is that pretty much the only argument you make is just because all things are permissible doesn't mean they're beneficial. I mean, I is think, that is that the argument that you just rely on? Yeah, I, I think even even with wine where Paul says, you know, don't get drunk on the spirit, um, but be filled with, you know, I mean, what is wrong with me? Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I think. When it comes down to it, you, you at a certain point, you have to kind of weigh, you know, this is what your life could be, you know, where you're going to wreck it, or this is what your life should be. This is God's plan for you to be filled with his Holy Spirit. Like, for example, um, I mentioned earlier taking the edge off. So I come home, I've had a hard day. Like, oh, I've had a hard day. Man, I sure could use a beer. When you start talking like that, you're in trouble because what you've done is you've gone to Oh, you know, Bacchus, that's, God of that. That's know. only because you don't have a two-year-old anymore. I'm just saying, I'm throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, you're literally reaching towards another God when it's connected to that. 
Um, it's connected. You've, you've put that beer in a place of being your high tower, your refuge, your stronghold. Oh, I really could use, you know, um, you've had an emotionally exhausting day and you're saying a beer, um, you know, we'll, we'll take the edge off. And, and really, I mean, it does, it's like the tale of two cities, you know, it could be the best of times or the worst of times. You could either go to that beer and get a little buzz and sink back in your rubber chair and put on some Oprah. Or you could do what Paul says and say, you know, you know, cast all your anxieties upon him. You know, I'm worried about nothing. Like go and use that time, like sit in that same overchair, put the TV channel aside, keep the beer in the fridge and go to the Lord and say, God, you know, this is my day sucked. And boom, boom, boom. And I think more than anything, we have to model that to our people. We have to be people who live like that. And then, um, people will see that because people will listen to what you say, but they'll, they'll actually become what you are. Um, they'll listen to what you say, but that won't lead to life change. What leads to life change in people is when they see a transformed life by the Holy spirit and they say, yeah, I want to be like that. And here's the deal. Um, like I said, you know, the whole argument about permissible and this and that Paul makes the next statement in that passage where he says, but I will not be mastered by anything. Mm. Food for the stomach and stomach for the food, but I will not be mastered by anything. Um, and, and so Paul is saying, look, these things just aren't worth, you know, giving up control, giving up, you know, uh, your body. I mean, this is in Corinthians where he's talked about your body being a, a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I don't, I don't mean that in the sense of like people misquote that all the time. By going, your body's a temple, it will stop eating donuts in, right? Um, but what Paul actually meant was he was saying, don't join your body with a prostitute. He was making a moral argument, not a health argument. So it wasn't the anti-smoking scripture. Um, but but here's the deal. But, but the, this is a moral issue, is when I say um, I'm going to turn to a substance and put that substance in the place of God. I am I am literally committing idolatry at that moment. And so that's a deeper issue for me. But also on top of that, um, what I would do is I would I would come to that person and say, look, there's two ways you can live here. And I think it, like you said, permissible or beneficial. There's two ways. You can you sure you could do all the permissible things and whatever the government says is legal, you can go do that. And you will never find an addict. And by the way, when someone's arguing with a pastor about pot, they're an addict. Like they just are an addict. I had a pastor once at a conference tell me coffee control. This is the first time I gave it up. And he goes, coffee, you know, dominates you, controls you. Um, you, you, you're an addict to it. And, and, and although it kind of really pissed me off at the moment when he said that, I was like, I went away and I'm like, he's kind of right. And that was where I started going on coffee fast for like six months to a year. Um, and then I would start up again. And it's not, again, it's just that idea that I don't want things to master me. When, when Romans comes in and Paul says, yield the instruments of your body, uh, as weapons of righteousness, I want to be a weapon, right? I, I want to be a lethal weapon to the kingdom of darkness, not Steven Seagal. I want to be a weapon. I want to be a sharp weapon. I want to be a dangerous weapon. I don't want to be a dull, rusty blade that nobody uses anymore and goes, hey, that's a cool little relic. That was once pretty useful and did a lot of damage. But and 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 I guess when it comes down to it, that's the context that Paul's talking about. When he's saying you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, you are the place God has chosen to glorify himself out of. And because of that, there is a certain higher calling that we have. And so because of the effects that pot, I mean, I could go through all that. You guys can research it yourself, but that's how I would deal with someone. I wouldn't guilt them into it, but I would tell them, I'd say, look, I want you to be free. So we had a guy in our church plant who, um, he was in a wheelchair and he has a spinal condition and, um, and he was, uh, doing the medical marijuana thing and he was just completely addicted. And I, I had a really big, um, gang member, dude. I don't know if you remember, um, Anthony, of course, um, Anthony came up to me during the leaders meeting once and he's like, 
bro, you better hold me back right now because I'm going to take that guy in the wheelchair. I'm going to put his head through a wall. And I go, what's up? And he goes, well, he goes, a girl in our discussion group just said that she was trying for the first time in her life. She was a young girl, you know, high school, college age, um, trying to get clean. And she had gone for three days without doing pot. And he goes, and there he started saying, hey, I got a stash right now. See me after. You don't have to give that up. I, I got a medical prescription. He's like, I'm about to kill him. What I can tell you is that that dude, he had a big marijuana, you know, turquoise uh, marijuana leaf around his neck. Um, all, all I can say to you is, um, you know, we, we went and talked to him, said, hey, look, people are trying to get clean here. That's a gateway drug for a lot of people. And if someone expresses you, they're trying to get clean, man, we need you to respect that and not, you know, and he was cool. He backed off. But the reality is that dude has absolutely transformed. I remember coming back months later, um, you know, after not being there, after handing the church off, coming back. And he was one of the, the, the people in the back. And I came up to him, holy, like, looked different just was radiating God's presence. I don't even know how to describe it. I went up to him and I said, what's happened to you, man? And he goes, Jesus, man, just Jesus in my life. And you, I don't know how to describe it other than he was a different dude. Um, you could say he was saved. You could say he was filled with the Holy Spirit. You could say he was, you know, clean. I mean, you could say whatever you want. All I can say is I, I could it was like what people used to say of Robert Murray machine that they'd say he'd come straight out of the presence of God into the pulpit and he almost glowed. Like he just was so filled with the presence of God. That dude was full of the Holy spirit. And I don't know how to describe that or put that into words. You kind of have to go experience that transformation where someone came to your church and they were one way and you've been away and you come back and you look at them and they're just a different human being. Um, and you just sense God coming off of them. I, mm. I don't know how, to, how else to put that. But those are those two ways. And I've, I've watched it happen time and time again in churches that I've been a part of. And I'm convinced, you know. I dig it, man. I do. I do. Well, so, that's about all we have time for. So, yeah, we're, we're starting up a new church plant, the First Baptist of Marijuana. <laughs> What's the logo, Pete? oh man i tell you it'll be really interesting to see um how things play out with like the cartels and stuff like i believe that the prohibition against uh a lot of these drugs like marijuana are a big part of the reason why we've got these huge crime syndicates will that mean they pour over more into the states because do you think they're not giving up their money right like I can see them literally. You open up a, a a head shop in in California, man. They're going to come in there and be like, "Look, you're now our head shop." I yeah. mean, I, is it going to get worse in the states with the cartels, or will it eventually break them? I, and I don't know. There's a huge surge in crime around areas where shops have opened up, and it, it's always going to be. There's always going to be because with that, with all of the people grabbing the legal drugs, um, the crowd that is connected to the illegal drugs are going to be there. Yeah. And that's and, – and just put it this way. When, when you got one type of deal, one type of substance being given legally or not, um, it's going to be a place where people will – focus sales of illegal and illicit substance. I'm not saying in that, in that shop, but it's just how it is. And there's going to be all the other vice and things around it because vice attracts vice. So, you know, anyways, Hey, I know we're out of time, but you know, I'm sure the IRS is going to want their cut. And speaking of the IRS, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I would like to somehow simplify all of the accounting and the bookkeeping, I got to do at my church. Do you know of an easy way to do that, Peyton? I do, Pete. And I can tell you they're not doing pot. They are on their game. They are sharp and they are ready to handle all of your IRS tax bookkeeping needs. Um, look, you, you can't you can't be doing all your books. Um, and if you do, uh, you really need to find someone that you trust. Simplify Church is a third party, yes. 
but it's run by church planners for church planners. And you can go ahead and get signed up with them and talk to them and just set up an appointment. Um, go to simplifychurch.com and talk to them about your bookkeeping needs. And they've got various programs that they'll talk about with you and uh, they'll get you started and help you be compliant with the IRS help you do good accounting. They'll do it for you. You tell them your deposits. They do end of year tax receipts, which church planners is coming up. They need to send those out to your people right away. So get started with simplifychurch.com. <laughs> I just, well, I thought they needed been, that right on the end. I just, you know, thought I'd cap it yeah, off with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, makes Chewbacca happy. That works for me. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell. On the Church Planner Podcast, reminding you to stay in school and don't do drugs. <laughs> and if you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you need to go know nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Mm-hmm.